Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Zero's Journey. This is a serious attempt to create a canon-worthy work of original fiction from scratch. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Mike Magyar. And this is episode five. Mm-hmm. It's also the third episode of me detailing the fictional history of the world of A Song of Ice and Fire uh, slash a Game of Thrones, HBO's Game of Thrones, uh, to Mike. And we're deep in the throes of it, baby. We're deep in the thrones of it. We're deep. <laughs> and off to a good start. So, <laughs> um, okay. So let's start with a recap, Mike. Mm-hmm. In our last episode in Essos, the Valyrians came and went in a puff of smoke. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only family to escape the mass extinction was the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. They left Valyria with five dragons and four dragon eggs and moved in on Dragonstone Island, situated on the narrow sea. Mm-hmm. And remember, I said that they had three dragons by the time that this conquest that we're about to embark on yeah, happens. Yeah, two, two of them died. For the record, well, no, they're different dragons. They're, so they're, they left with five dragons, mm-hmm. one of which mm-hmm. is still one of the three when they go to conquest. Uh, and they also came with four dragon eggs, and two of those eggs hatched into the other two dragons of the three for the conquest. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah, four died. And they <laughs> added two. Yes, yeah. Okay. Okay, but they still have eggs uh, that How many? Well, if you if you hatch two yeah. and you had four. Oh, they had four. They had four so, eggs. I I'm going to say this one more time and then and then I'm just going to push through. <laughs> five dragons, four dragon eggs when yep. they when they moved to Dragonstone Island. Uh <laughs> In Westeros, we had the Andal invasion which, as we said, didn't really change much about the landscape or the day-to-day happenings, uh, except that it introduced the new religion of the Faith of the Seven, a.k.a. the New Gods. Uh, The Andal influence didn't fully take hold in the North, the Iron Islands, or Dorne, so religious and bloodline distinctions become deeper between these regions and the bulk of Westeros. So there's a simmering tension between the developed regions known as the Seven Kingdoms. Okay. Yeah, I get it. So, and then just to compare, I think in your mythology, we had an army of chaos drop everything to take part in a heavy metal audition, and two out of three total characters that were established in Mike's first episode, we didn't hear from at all. That sound correct? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't reduce it to that, but yeah. <laughs> but it's accurate. Okay. It's, it's accurate. All right, so now for the new stuff. Give it to me. Okay, I take you to Dragonstone Island. Meet Aegon Targaryen. He has an older sister, Visenya, and a younger sister, Rhaenys. He is married to both of them. Wait, did I hear... What? He's married to both of his sisters? <laughs> yes, he has an older sister, Vis- Visenya, and younger sister, Rhaenys, and he is married to both of them. He, ma- he married his older sister first. I don't and care then, about and the then, order, really. And then, because he, he was much more attracted to his younger sister, he married her, too. I... Okay, we can just move on from this part. <laughs> yeah, that's the, just, just the tip of the iceberg on the uh, incest of the Targaryens. 
but ju- just to be clear, they are uh, siblings and married. Um, okay, and they each have a dragon. So Aegon has Balerion, the Black Dread. This is the Elder Dragon, the one that still survived from the yeah. five yeah. dragons they came from, with. Yeah, from Essos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Visenya has Vagar. <laughs> okay. And Rhaenys has Meraxes. Okay. The last one sounds fun. Yeah, I, I like Moraxes. That's a cool name. Vog, yeah. Vogar is uh, a little less palatable. Um, so aside from the three siblings here, we also have Oris Baratheon. This is the bastard half-brother of the sibling love triangle. Wait, why is the last name? Where did Baratheon come from? The last name? Mm, good question. Um, so I think that... so. It probably means something. Aegon's, Aegon's dad supposedly slept with another woman. Maybe that woman's name was Baratheon. Or, or you know what sometimes happens is there, there's, a, there's a couple. Maybe, maybe Oris Baratheon has a dad whose name is Baratheon, but he's not the real dad, and it's actually Aegon's dad. Or, okay. So, so, so you know... They they call him a Baratheon because that's what how it should be. But the truth is that ain't your kid, Mister okay. Mister Baratheon. And okay, that's and, and I think in my head uh, it just Baratheon means uh, means something, uh, like like of sibling love, you know, like from an older language. <laughs> no, that's not. I, I mean, I'll look at the etymology of it later, but I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> the probability is not high. <laughs> Um, okay, so, but his name is Oris Baratheon, and um, yeah, so it's it's the four of them chilling on Dragonstone Island in the Narrow Sea, minding their own business, and only every once in a while getting involved in the affairs of surrounding Essos and Westeros. Okay. So it's story time, Mike. Okay. One day, the king of the Stormlands in Westeros, King Argalok, reaches out to Aegon with an alliance offer. King Argilac was worried that a rival king was getting ready to start some shit. So Argilac says to Aegon, hey, buddy, lend me your dragons and help me squash my rival. And in return, you can take my daughter's hand in marriage. Our houses can become allies and we'll both get some land to expand our kingdoms. Is that a good offer? No, it's not a good offer. Why not? But he's already married two of his sisters. It's like you want a th- you want a third thing of the two that you already have in exchange for this one thing that I really really need. Well, maybe Argalak is like, hey, why don't you try something normal? <laughs> you not, try something a little less. Why don't weird. you try marrying someone that you're not directly related to? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. That might have been the subtext of the offer. <laughs> so Aegon says, I mean, I might be willing to help you out, bro, but I'm not really interested in marrying your daughter because I'm already married to both my sisters. Cool. Well, at least he's honest. Yeah, <laughs> he's consistent. Then he says, you know what might be a better idea? How about your daughter marries my half-brother, Oris? He's single. He would love to take your daughter's hand in marriage, and then our houses can still be allies and all that. <laughs> Do you think Oris was was pissed that he didn't get to marry any of his sisters? Well, he doesn't really have any legit sisters because he's the half-brother. He's a bastard. You're saying that like that makes it worse, but really that <laughs> makes it better. It, true, yeah. But I don't. I don't know if uh, if Oris had, had any um, siblings, it, even as options. Okay, <laughs> for marriage, for marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, he. I'm sure he would have jumped on it. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, I'm looking at a family tree right now, and um, according to this one, which could be incomplete, is it just like one line? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a truly. It's like it's like <laughs> uh, the kids just reconnect and reconnect, and it's yeah, it's incestuous. Um, but yeah, we 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 there's no there's a question mark in place of uh, Oris Baratheon's parents. Okay. Oh, except that it's it's it, the dad is probably Arion. Targaryen, the uh, father of Aegon, Visenya, and Rhaenys. Okay. okay. Well, maybe we can talk about um, this theme of incest later and why p- George R. R. Martin feels like that's... Because you got to take George R. R. Martin's world warts and all, okay? He's not, he's not uh, so proud that he's not going to introduce the ugliness of the world into his work. That's a, that's a real reflection of how things sometimes go in the world, like, you know, especially this far back in ancient times. People are marrying each other. What else are they going to do? They're like, we need, we need to make kids. What are you doing, sister? <laughs> yeah. Hey, sis, you haven't had, you, you haven't done anything for a while. You, you, you want to get married and have some kids? Yeah. They're not scientists. They don't know the potential backlash of it. Wait. So you think that the only reason that people don't marry their siblings is because science tells them not to? I think people would do it a lot more if there were, if there weren't science. Uh, I, think, I think the people that are going to do us. it are going to do it whether or not science tells them it's bad. Okay, th- this is not this is not the forum to. I don't have a sister. Maybe we're lucky. <laughs> 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 okay, so it, it, back back to the story here. So so uh, Aegon turns around on um, King Argilac's offer from for to marry his daughter. Right, mm-hmm. Argilac is like Aegon, marry my daughter. Yeah. Let's team up. Uh, let's stomp out my my rival here. Um, and Aegon is like, uh, no, bro, I'm married to my sisters. Um, how about Oris, my half brother, mm-hmm. marries your daughter? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? And uh, the Stormland King Argilac thinks this idea is insulting. Do you understand why? Um, yeah, because because he was hoping to get uh, you know the the starter. For the football team, and instead he's got like the relief kicker. Man, I really don't. I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> he he wanted he wanted the 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 prize the top prize, and then he he got offered uh, a a side prize. Yeah. Okay. He wanted the main course, and he gets offered a side dish. That's better. Yeah. Good. We 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 found it. All right. So so yeah, that's it's insulting to King Argalock and. These guys are communicating long distance by sending messengers back and forth between their houses, right? So King Argilac gets this last message from Aegon, and he's so insulted that he chops off the hands of the messenger and sends them back to Aegon in a box with a note that says, these are the only hands that bastard's going to get from me. Wow. 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 It was written. It was written in better wording than that. I just kind of paraphrased it in, yeah. in more understandable words. But he's like, you, you, "You can't have my daughter's hand in marriage," or that bastard can't have my daughter's hand in yeah, marriage. Yeah, no, I, I get the you, the hand metaphor. Because the, and it's a box of hands. Yeah, yeah, it's two hands, <laughs> severed hands. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he made the messenger without the hands take the hand his own hands back to? Oh Aegon? my god! Uh, yeah, definitely. He <laughs> he, uh, he cauterized the wrists and then was like, "And you walk these back." <laughs> deliver them although maybe not because then that would kind of like spoil it It, you kind of get a heads up when your messenger comes back with no hands and a box that's like dripping blood and you're like "Mm." yeah 
I'm not going to open that. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. It is uh, pooching the bed a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So mm, Aegon gets this gesture from Argolak and he says to himself, you know what? How about I just conquer all of Westeros? Yeah. Also, uh, let's go back real quick. The the uh, Argolak, uh, I get that he was offended, but I think in the moment uh, he forgot that Aegon had dragons. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think I think that he's sending a very if he felt insulted and that's yeah. and that's what he did as a normal person with no dragons is yeah. like I'll send this box of hands. Totally message received. Did not have the foresight to be like, well, if that's what I felt like when I was insulted, what does somebody with dragons do? Yeah, they conquer all of Westeros. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. And so begins the Targaryen conquest of Westeros. And so we are now in two B.C. Aegon and his sister slash wives mount their dragons and assemble a modest army of about 1,600. They hit the Westerosi shores and start picking off the seven kingdoms one by one. The conquest itself lasts about three years from 2 BC to 1 AC. Is there a zero year? I don't know. Do you think there's a zero year when, when you have that like transition? 2 BC, 1 BC, 0 C? I don't think so. I think it would be... I think it would be weird, right? It would be weird. You would, if you, if it, it seems insignificant. True. Like if you're living, living, you know, you're like partying because it's like New Year's Eve or whatever. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, great. Now you're year zero. It just feels insignificant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a non year. It's not. How long did the conquest last? The battle? You said well, three that's, years. What, that's what I'm saying is is that because it goes from two BC to one AC, so I'm saying that it lasted uh, three ish years, but it could be like two or four, depending on if there's a zero and when it started. It lasts about three years. Can we? Okay. Well, just average it. Yeah, we'll average yeah. it to three. Instead of talking about the battles of Aegon's conquest in chronological order, I'm going to break things down by region in the same order I introduced them at the last episode of uh, our Game of Thrones history here. Okay. So. Here's how it goes. Kingdom of the North. The king in the North, Torin Stark, gets word of this invasion, and he crunches the numbers, and he kneels to Targaryen, the Targaryens. And King Torin was the only one not to underestimate dragons, and so the North was really the only region that did not suffer major losses and inevitable defeat by going to battle with them. Honestly, good for him. Uh, yeah. Smart guy. Yeah. He gets, he gets some, some flack which I'll, I'll sure. mention later, but like, yeah, because he, he, he basically gives up uh, with no effort. Yeah. He's, but, you know. I guess it depends on your personality, right? If you're the kind of person that stands up to adverse situations or you're the kind of person that's just like, yeah, th- there's no, um, there's no point. I, me, I'm, I, I respect this guy for seeing that it's not going to go well. Yeah, I if, give up. If you I give up fight too, with dragons. For yeah. sure. Okay, so the kingdom of the mountain and the veil the queen regent of the Vale, Shara Aaron, won a battle against Visenya, the older sister of the uh, sibling trio, mm-hmm. and prepared for siege in the mountains. But Visenya decided to ride her dragon into the mountains and negotiate directly with the ruling king of the Vale, who happened to be a little boy, the child king, Ronald Aaron. And there's two renditions of this that I've read. One says that Visenya shows up with a dragon and King Ronnie said he would just yield his kingdom in exchange for a ride on the dragon. <laughs> that's, that's the first version. 
The other version says that Ronald's mom, the queen regent, in the adult in charge, was out organizing the troops uh, to defend against the invasion when she comes back to the homestead and finds Visenya there with little King Ronald on her knee and a dragon perched nearby. And Ronald's mom sees this and surrenders to save her son. And then Visenya took Ronald for a ride on the dragon. Either way, Mike, this kid gets to ride a dragon. That's kind of cool. Okay, Good so I want to talk about this for, for just a brief moment because it, that's what happens when you have a child lead a kingdom. They're going to give up everything for things that children want, <laughs> yeah. which is a ride on a dragon. Yeah, I, I do hope... I'm in favor of that version of the story where where Ronald's like, no, I got the, I got, I'll negotiate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll, you give me a ride in that dragon, <laughs> and the kingdom is yours, but I won't yield <laughs> otherwise. And and Visenya's like, ooh, you drive a hard bargain. Yeah. It pats him on the shoulder and says, but okay, and it gives him a lollipop. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that that's the version that's true. I'm gonna, yeah. I, that's what I believe in, yep. my, in my heart of hearts. Okay, so in the Kingdom of the Isles and Rivers, which at the time of conquest, remember that the Iron Islands and the Riverlands were one kingdom territory, and the king was a guy named Heron Hoare. This dude is kind of crazy, and I believe he's also the guy that Argolak was hoping to defend himself against when he asked for Aegon's help back in the, in the you know... Yeah, yeah, yep. ...ask to squash his rival. Yeah. Uh, Heron Hoare was an unborn... Nope. <laughs> Heron Hoare was an ironborn. <laughs> yep. uh, so, of course, he's arrogant and he's stubborn and not at all afraid of violence. And he fights against the Targaryens to the bitter end. And boy, was it bitter. This dude knows he can't stand uh, a chance against the Targaryens in open battle. So he holds up in his giant castle called Harrenhal. It's pretty much the Titanic of castles because Heron had, had it built to be indestructible. Um, it took 40 years to build, and it was, and still is, in the uh, modern world of Game of Thrones, the largest castle ever built in Westeros. And the day they finished building it was the day the Targaryens invaded. Bummer. Oh, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Aegon told Heron to surrender, and Heron said no, and that as long as he was in his self-titled castle, it would be impossible to, to defeat him. Aegon said, buddy, I have dragons. <laughs> and Heron said, bring it on. So Aegon brought it on. He rode his dragon in a fire-breathing attack on the castle, and the castle didn't burn, but it heated to the point of melting, and the battalion inside Heron Hall were all cooked alive. Damn. Damn. Mm. Damn. See? Dragons, man. I can't argue with dragons. No. They melted. They melt. Yeah, you don't need to destroy it. Just melt it. Yeah, these. Are, so it's supposedly like like a you know, whatever. There's like these five towers in the castle grounds of Heron Hall, and they're they're like the size of mountains or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you know, mythically large. Mm -hmm. Also, I, I feel it, the way that a picture of that battle in my head seems really comical because it's just a dragon perched nearby, just. <laughs> Until the, until the <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Until it melts. Yeah, it's, it's like the, um, you know, the person playing a video game that just keeps pushing the special attack button. Yeah, yep. <laughs> until until it gives it. It doesn't seem like it would. Hang it would be cinematic. Like you wouldn't paint a mural of this battle because it would be pretty boring. Yeah, yeah. Effective. 
Yeah. All right. So the Reach and the Rock, the King of the Reach and the King of the Rock decide to join forces, which was smart, but they were also naive enough to lead their armies into an open field battle against the Targaryen forces. Now, the Targaryen troops were outnumbered five to one, but numbers were three to zero in terms of dragons. The three dragons were deployed together in battle for the first and only time. And the first move was for the Targaryens to ride the three dragons into the battlefield and set the dry grass on fire, which immediately kills 4,000 Westerosi soldiers and badly burned about 10,000 more, while Targaryen casualties were only about 100. Yeah. The King of the Reach went up in flames. Yeah. And the King of the Rock knelt. Yeah. In surrender. Yeah. Mike, Hmm. do you see how the magnitude of this battle is made clear by some reference numbers? We had a small army at the beginning of this of 1,600 with the Targaryens. And in a single battle, the dragons torched 4,000 enemy soldiers with... 10,000 more severely injured. That are you are you insinuating that I'm underestimating the capability of dragons cuz I, I, no, I get no, it. No, 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 no. I I'm, I'm saying that that knowing that there were 1600 Targaryens uh or or uh the army of the Targaryens was 1600 people and then knowing that there were 4000 torched in an instant with 10,000 casualties makes it easier to fathom the the magnitude of the battle as opposed to throwing out random numbers of demigods who were destroyed in a mosh pit. Okay, I see what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I. You got to set up context, no, so that we know the, the when con- you say things like did- tens of thousands of people were massacred, that we understand how many demigods exist in this planet that just got smushed together. <laughs> yeah, but the mosh pit was wasn't wasn't a show of force. It just I wanted you to know that it was it was high stakes and that a bunch of people died. It wasn't for one. One, it was just like there wasn't two sides. It was just an un, it was just an unintended consequence. Here we have oh context God. numbers. I, I'm just saying. I get it. I, oh. All right. So, Kingdom of the Stormlands. Hmm. All right. So, as you might recall, the Stormlands are are ruled by King Arglac whose last communication with Aegon was this box of severed hands. <laughs> Arglac heard about what what happened to Heron and decides he does not want to be cooked alive in his own castle. So he rides out to meet the Targaryen forces in the field, which are led by Rhaenys and her dragon, and very fittingly, Oris Baratheon, the guy that Argilac refused to have married his daughter, right? The, the mm-hmm. bastard. Yeah. Even sweeter, this battle ends with a standoff between Oris and Argilac in single combat to the death. Oris Baratheon comes out on top. Oris leads the Targaryen troops to the castle of Storm's End, where Argilac's only daughter, Argella, the very daughter that was offered in the marriage alliance, has declared herself Storm Queen in her father's absence slash death. He's dead. He's gone. He's yeah, been yeah. killed. Oris yep. killed him. Yep. Argella was, uh, she, she locked herself up in the castle, and Rhaenys flies in on her dragon to get Argella to surrender. But Argella says, no, you can take the castle, but it's going to be a castle full of dead bodies. So do your worst. And Rainey's is like, OK, I guess we will. But later that night, there's a mutiny and the troops of Storm's End raise the peace banner in surrender and deliver Argella to Ori's <laughs> chained, gagged and naked. So they were just like, 
she was just like, no, we, we will stand here and we will all, we would rather die than, than surrender. And then everybody, people just eating, you know, turkey legs or whatever in the mess hall were like, well, well, hang on a second. You, she doesn't speak for us. We, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, not, yeah. we're not cool with. Yeah. Like, like if you, if you remember the, um, the, w- when Theon, uh, takes Winterfell, uh, in the series, and uh, and he makes a big speech to stand against whatever forces are going to take it back, um, and 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 his small little group of uh, soldiers are like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then as soon as Theon's done with his speech, they knock him out. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what happens yeah. here. Is that is that she she makes a big bold statement that she's willing to be cooked alive um, in the castle, and and everyone's like. Uh, y- you know, nods along until nighttime. Yeah, and then they're like, "Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not gonna do it. totally." Um, yeah. So, so what they do though is uh, the, the the people in the castle take Argella out and deliver her uh, chain gagged and naked to Oris. And Oris, proving himself a gentleman, wraps a cloak around Argella. He pours her some wine, and he speaks praise about her father's courage and honorable death in the field. Horus, okay. it's yeah, nice. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, all things considered, in in the uh, middle of a war, yeah, decent gestures. Oris and Argella, in a twist of fate, do end up marrying. Oh my god! Oris keeps the banner and the words slash slogan of House Durandon, which is Argella's house, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a stag with a crown and the words "Ours is the Fury." So House Durandon becomes House Baratheon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man could have just avoided that whole thing with... Yeah, really. I mean, Jesus. like... <laughs> short-tempered Argalak and his, you know, uh, ballsy move to, to send a box of hands to the only dragon owner in the world. <laughs> he had no leverage. He had no bargaining <laughs> yeah. chips. And uh, and then, yeah, the outcome is that um, Oris marries Argella anyway, and there's no alliance and no lands for Argalak, and Argalak is dead. I think if he knew that at the outset that those are his two options, I think he should have he should have <laughs> seen that as the more likely yeah. outcome. Oris isn't a bad guy. He seems he seems like a a, a good uh, suitor. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's he's yeah he's he's good. He's good people. Okay, speaking of people, we have your people, Mike. These are the people of Dorne. Yes. You, oh, which by the way, my last I, I believe just to just to recap, I'm still alive in Dorne. I, yeah, I cashed yeah. in. That's what uh, I'm saying. These alive. are your people. Yeah, I'm just hanging out. Yep. We you you have still hot. You you cashed in your continue token, uh, having died three different times yeah. in the choices you made. Uh, I, think in I died twice episode. in the same mine. Uh, yeah, I th- <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and now so now your your uh, your allegiances to the people of Dorne. So. Rainey's flies down to Dorne and can't track down the person in charge. She finds a bunch of empty castles until she finally finds the elderly princess of Dorne, 80 years old, blind and balding, who tells Rainey's to go away and that Dorne will never submit. And Rainey's says, okay, but we'll be back. And she just leaves Dorne unconquered. She doesn't go. She That's doesn't, the whole story. Of, she of, doesn't go back during the conquest. Well, n- n- she leaves and she doesn't do anything about it at the moment. They don't press the issue. <laughs> do you, okay. Do you think it was just like, oh man, things are things are pretty bad over here. We'll just yeah, I don't. She, she, she's she's like like blind. She can't she's find anybody. 80, yeah. yeah, she's like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, just okay. All right, that's fine. Just keep living your life, and we'll be back. Yeah. 
Okay, so it's 1 AC, and this is the end of Aegon's conquest. We have the new territories of the Seven Kingdoms, which is actually nine kingdoms. Have you ever counted? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, I've counted. No, not, not like have you in your life ever counted numbers. Oh. I just mean <laughs> like watching the series. Have you ever like actually counted up the... I've, I've, I'd never had. I, no, I, no. I was like, I was, as soon as I saw this, I was like, there's, wait, there's actually nine? Why have I never tried to fi- figure no. out like which... Which kingdoms qualify? The, as the, the things that I've counted, you know, the uh, in, intro credits when the little like uh, Lincoln Log gear, uh, Lincoln Log steep, steampunk castles come up. Yeah, uh, I've counted those, but those depend on <laughs> on. Th- I, I realize that those are tied into like whatever storylines we're going to be seeing that episode. So I've never actually gotten like a whole uh, uh, counted all of them because I don't think any any of the episode deals with all nine at the same time. That would be that'd be too much. But maybe yeah. they do. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. So here, here's what the new seven kingdoms uh, or nine. true nine kingdoms yeah. look like. We have the Crown Lands. Uh, this is the new capital territory, home of King's Landing, House Targaryen, uh, which was a modest hut, a little like fort when Aegon and his sisters began their conquest. And that's really like where they touch ground on Westeros to begin the conquest. So they, they, they kind of set up a little hut and it becomes a hor- historical landing point. Uh, and then later, is that why it's called King's Landing? That is exactly why it's called King's Landing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then the north is still the good old north with um, Torn Stark, teased by the northerners as the king who knelt. But he's still... Yeah, yeah, you get some shit about it. But, uh, yeah, but, but oh, okay. I know, every, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's alive. Everyone's seen what happened to everybody else. But this is, I mean, you know, the north is so full of honor and, yeah. and, and they're like pride and... Everyone else fought except for Dorn, you know. I guess I have no honor and no pride, so I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I would be like Torin. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I think most people are, but but yeah, he he, he gets the behind the back nickname of uh, the king who knelt. Mm. Um, but he's still the paramount lord and warden to the north. In the Vale, we have little boy Ronald Aaron, who's mm-hmm. warden of the east, mm-hmm. lord of the Vale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the Riverlands. So in the Riverlands during the conflict with uh, Heron Hor, the River Lords turned against Heron in support of the Targaryens. They flipped. Mm -hmm. And the flip was led by House Tully. So Aegon named the Tully's paramount lords of the Riverlands as a reward for pulling a flip. Is Tully is Sam, right? Sam's a Tully Uh, from the series? You know what? I don't think so. I think that's Tarly. Okay. Is that right? Could I, be, maybe it's Tully. I don't know. I just thought that they were saying Tully with an there's, English there's accent. There's like three names that bother me because of how close they are. And it's one of those things where like, uh, you know, you could also argue that this is something that George R. R. Martin is like, well, there's lots of names that sound similar in the real world. Yeah. But there's like Tyrell, Tarly, and Tully. Do you see now why my names that I've chosen have very distinct imagery attached you to them? You have Fire four and water. names. It's very <laughs> hard to keep them mixed up because they all invoke such distinct, specific imagery. This Listen, man. George R. R. Martin, at, at this point in his story, has like hundreds of houses with hundreds of different names and slogans and banners and unique backstories. You've come up with like four different names. So I think so far you've done a good job of keeping them separate. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> But you, I mean, even even so, you have Hydrodem and, and Pyrodem. Yeah, <laughs> that went by Heidi and Pyro to, conf- to to ease confusion. But but their original names share fifty percent of their syllables. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thompson Johnson. I don't understand. Those are very different. All right. <laughs> so then we have the Iron Islands. Heron Hoare was an ironborn, but his crew abandoned him before the baking of Heron Hall. Mm. And is that what they call it? The baking of Heron Hall? Yeah. No, that's what I call oh, it. Okay. But I, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and so his ironborn you know, brethren or whatever, fled back to the Iron Islands. And Aegon could see how desperate they were to do their own thing. So he recognized the Iron Islands as their own territory and told them to pick a damn leader for themselves. And they vote House Greyjoy, Lords of the Iron Islands. Which is also kind of cool for for the uh, Iron Islands because they're really, you know, uh, it's a unique opportunity to, to for them to select their own leader by vote. Everyone else just kind of gets an assignment. Yeah. And and I was wondering when, uh, because originally you said the Iron Islands and I believe the Riverlands were one kingdom, but the mm-hmm. Iron Islands were still kind of doing their own thing. So I was yep. wondering at what point they would break apart. Yeah. No. Aegon looks at it and he's yeah. like, this is a mess. And that Heron Horror guy was a dick. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we just have the Riverlands be one thing and the Iron Islands be another thing? And Iron guys, just you, do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just, just have- invent democracy and get the fuck out <laughs> of here. <laughs> I just imagine that because they're because they're so there's just a tiny cluster of islands compared to the Riverlands. It's just mm-hmm. like I, how much of a stink can these guys put up? And for Aegon to be like, if you guys want it that bad, just have, have it. it. Yeah. yeah, to take take this logistical nightmare off my hands. Yeah, good 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 for him for putting a uh, stop to it. All right, then we have the Westerlands, which was previously the Kingdom of the Rock. After the Battle of the Field of Flames, which is when the three dragons yeah. scorched the field, um, Lorin Lannister bent the knee, and he was named Paramount Lord of the Westerlands and Warden of the West. While the former King of the Reach and his only heirs were being burned alive in the Field of Flames, uh, House Tyrell, they were back at the capital of the Reach, as acting stewards of the castle of Highgarden. And when the Targaryens knock on their door in the wake of the conquest, the the Tyrells willfully surrender the castle to Aegon, and they are named Lords of the Reach and Wardens to the South. So so, so, um, in in the Field of Flames, that battle, you had uh, the Kingdom of the Reach and the King of the Rock Mm -hmm. pair up, right? Mm -hmm. The... uh, Eventually, Lauren Lannister of the Rock knelt. The, the 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 king of the Reach was out there with the his only family members, and they all got burnt up in that four thousand. Yeah. So, the House Tyrell. I don't know. I don't know. Stewards are, are just like I was. Just that was. Yeah. You saw. You saw. I saw, the I question saw it come over your face. Yeah. Is a steward like an interim manager? It, it basically is. I don't know how um, I guess noble of a position that is. If it's like if it's like an honorable position for, for um, whoever the former king of the reach yeah. was to be like House Tyrell, I want you to take the stead here, or if, or if it's basically like, like the babysitting, yeah, or if it's like the custodial crew, yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, like stewards. Uh, I want you guys the janitor of this castle until yeah. somebody comes in. You could interpret it exactly, yeah, yeah. like the janitorial staff, and yeah. then all of a sudden they become kings of the reach. 
Um, but I, I, I don't know uh, really which end of the spectrum it, it, it's on. But they're they're occupying the uh, the castle, and there's really no other option. So uh, Aegon is just like, you guys live here? <laughs> <laughs> and the Tyrells are like, yeah, we've been taking care of it for, for the last three years while our guy was being burned in the fields. And Aegon's like, all right, all right uh, well, congratulations. <laughs> you are the lords of the Reach. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, they won the lottery on that. Um, so in the Stormlands, we already uh, kind of, um, we already saw that Oris Baratheon becomes the first uh, Lord Paramount of the Stormlands as House Baratheon takes over uh, as the um, Stormland Lords. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're the fucking, they're not kings. Is that's, that's a, the thing that makes it confusing is this Lord Paramount or the, or the uh, Paramount Lords. Um, is that now? Now that Aegon is king of the entire continent of Westeros, mm-hmm. the it's highest not his high, the highest position in the other regions has to get a different title, right? So because because it's, it, it's not familial, uh, right? So it's like this Lord Paramount thing, but, yeah. uh, but otherwise, basically, basically, Oris Baratheon is is a uh, you know top dog in the Stormlands. Um, he's also the hand of the king. He becomes um, the oh, okay. the first hand of the king. Uh, which, it, just as a definition, is um, you know the the, the right hand man of, of the king. Yeah, because because um, this is the first time that uh, that Westeros has one king. Correct. Yeah. All right. So Dorne, Dorne would not cooperate. That's what I'm talking about. Aegon completed his initial conquest of Westeros within those three years. A couple of years after that. He's like, all right, we should probably follow up with this Dorn situation, and he goes down there. Let's go see if that old lady's still alive. Yeah, he's like, do we? Ha- is that still an open order? Like, do we have any any follow up on that? <laughs> any new deadlines? So he goes down there, and he gets guerrilla attacked on his way into the main region. Um, and once he gets into the heart of the land, again, all the castles are pretty much empty, or at least missing any sort of like military force. So mm-hmm. he's just trying to hunt down like whoever it is that he has to... Who do I talk to? <laughs> yeah. It's like when you call customer service, it's like, I just want to talk to a person. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. He, he's bouncing around just looking for whoever it is he has to like... <laughs> he just keeps hitting zero over yeah. and over again. So Aegon gets to this one castle of House Toland, and they're like, all right, we're, we're sending out our greatest warrior to fight you. And this guy comes out and does single combat with Aegon, and Aegon butchers him, no problem. And he's all proud of himself until he finds out that the warrior that this castle sent was actually a mad fool. This is just like a crazy clown that they <laughs> said was, was their prized warrior. What is going on in Dorne, man? I, you it, tell me. Are you proud of your antics here, Mike? These I am proud people. of my antics because it's like it is... It is unpredictable. It is just hijinks. I appreciate a good a good switcheroo where it was like, uh, okay, so this guy, he's our best. He's our best. And then Aegon fights him and he's all proud. And he's like, yeah, that sense of pride you're feeling, that's for nothing because that guy didn't even matter to us. Yeah, they're all laughing up in yeah. the tower uh, pointing. <laughs> and Aegon's down there with like blood on his face like, uh, <laughs> see, I win. And they're like, you fucking idiot. You just butchered our fool. <laughs> It was our top juggler. That's all you did. Yeah. Uh, so Dorne is not taking Aegon seriously. The military is hiding and won't meet him in open battle. And even though it's kind of a hollow victory, Aegon is like, well, fine. Consider yourselves conquered. And he takes off to keep working on the rest of his kingdom. 
He leaves behind some troops to hold things down, but as soon as Aegon leaves, there's a rebellion, and the Dornish start torturing the Targaryen forces and throwing them off buildings. And like, like this old woman that we saw in the, she, I, I can't remember specifically who the the person is that she does this to, but like, maybe like the the captain of the troops or whatever. She like grabs him and drags him up to the highest tower in Dorne and <laughs> just chucks him off. Oh my god, that's just great. <laughs> as a show of uh, uh, rebellion. That's just so funny. He he comes in, nobody cooperates, and he's like, well, I... I okay. You, you're conquered now. Yeah. And then he leaves, and then they're like, no. They, honestly, they're so slippery and frustrating. <laughs> I, I, like, just even knowing this is... Like, he does such a... Like, three years for a total continental conquest, yeah. and this one area of Dorne is just bullshitting with him. Yeah. Because everybody else played the game, right? And yeah, they're, they're yeah. like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, yeah. So there's a bunch of warring and attempted con- conquests of Dorne throughout the years, but Dorne remains the only sovereign region for 200 years until they eventually become part of the Seven Kingdoms, not by being conquered, but through a marriage alliance. Why didn't Aegon go back with the dragon? Uh, actually, he did. Well, he went down there when when he first went down there. He went down there with a dragon. But the thing is that he can't find the people that he's supposed to be destroying. Like they're all hiding. So it's like he, he can he can do his worst to like the buildings, which are already in this like scorching sand territory. So like w- they're going to rebuild like easily enough, even if even if he demolishes their uh, castles and houses. Um, and, and and also, you know, I'm not going to detail this story, but his younger sister wife, a wife, um, <laughs> Rainey's goes down there and she gets killed or captured by them. Um, and uh and and that's kind of the the end of it of of him pursuing things down there. Oh, okay. Um, for for a while, and we'll we'll come. We'll, I'll, I will mention some other little checkpoints throughout the Dorn side story. But all said and done, he just gets sick of it. Even whether he whether he has a dragon or he has uh, an army or whatever, it's just a very frustrating battle <laughs> for somebody who has an entire continent to worry about. Uh, <laughs> being you know reigning over at this point oh man just not worth it is <laughs> really what it comes down to all right so the reign of the, of the targaryens begins and what follows is a dynasty of targaryen kings spanning the next 280 some years okay wait a minute is aegon not the mad king no aegon is the first king 280 years later we have the Mad King. What was the name of the Mad King? How about this? I'm about to give you a breakdown of the entire dynasty. All right. <laughs> okay. I have this list in front of me. So we'll, you'll know him when we see him. Okay. Okay. So there's 17 Targaryen kings. Okay. First of which being Aegon, the Conqueror. And all these kings have... Well, actually, most of them. Most of these kings have names like Aegon the Conqueror, so-and-so, the whatever. Um, there's a few of them that didn't have names like that or uh, nicknames. I, I took the privilege of adding my own. Sure. So see if you can spot them. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Aegon the Conqueror, um, the only little other piece of trivia I'll, I'll throw on his reign is that the Iron Throne um, is made during his reign. It's made of the swords of his conquered enemies fused together with dragon fire. Ooh. Second king, Aenys, the flimsy. (laughs) 
That one seems legit. <laughs> you think that one's literary? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just Ain't, weak, just weak boned. Mm-hmm. So Annie's is the second king, and he almost immediately blows it with uh, this sophomore, <laughs> this sophomore slump, because Aegon conquers the whole place. But as soon as he's gone, half the continent rebels, trying to upheave the Targaryen rule before it has a chance to like really set in. Mm-hmm. So, and Annie's does a shitty job of of pushing back against anybody. That's he's flimsy. Yeah, that's why I got he's that nickname. Flimsy. Yep, legit nickname. Is he is he uh, the son? Of Aegon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the... You know, I don't even think he's the oldest son because there's this other guy, that the the next king... Oh, you know what it is? Um, so we have um, Aegon and his two sisters that he was married to, and he has kids with both of them. This is where incest becomes truly problematic. <laughs> yeah. Is when you're trying to have a dynasty. Um, oh, my God. Is it dynasty. the oldest from your oldest sister or the oldest from your youngest sister? Yeah, it's exactly. So uh, Aenys, the, the second king, is the oldest child between Aegon and Rhaenys, who was the younger sister. Yeah. And then the third king is Magor, the cruel, who's the uh, only child of Aegon and Visenya, the Got older it. sister. So... Yeah, you got Aenys, the second king, who's uh, very quickly losing his grasp on uh, uh, the the kingdom that he's supposed to be carrying on Mm -hmm. um, after Aegon. And uh, Maegor comes in overcompensating, and he gets the title The Cruel because he's just like a very violent but effective king. Okay. Um, After Maegor, we have Jaehaerys, the conciliator. He's this wise king who firmed things up um, in the in the realm. And he unites everyone, the faith, the realm, all of it. Uh, real great guy. <laughs> Might be the best. That's, that's, that's what people say about him. <laughs> uh, yeah, We got the conqueror. Uh, we got the guy that almost fucks everything up. We got the guy that takes it way too far mm-hmm. immediately after. And then we got the, the fourth guy that's basically just like, okay, clearly we all just need to get along. Yeah, it's like Goldilocks. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and just to just to back up a couple steps here, so we can uh, kind of see how things are going on, on the timeline. Aegon rules from one AC to thirty-seven AC. Okay. Second King Aenys uh, from thirty-seven AC, AC to forty-two. Maegor the Cruel goes from forty-two to forty-eight, mm-hmm. and then Jaehaerys goes from forty-eight to one hundred three. So he, oh, he wow. goes a good like yeah. what is that fifty five years yeah um, so he he did a good job he's a fr- he's the first one to do a really good job yeah <laughs> <laughs> good for him um all right so so then after Jaehaerys uh, you have Viserys the progressive <laughs> I think that's a James oh, that's okay. a James original he, uh, do they do they show themselves that much he's a progressive guy let me tell you about him. Honestly, I, I think the flimsy could be could be one of them, but the progressive <laughs> just seems progressive. I don't know. George R. R. Martin has a, a sense of humor. He had he had this mad fool get sent out to be the um, leading champion to fight Agor in the field. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm going to be honest. The progressive is my nickname. I gave it to him. Yeah, Viserys is a pretty popular guy, almost to a fault. His eldest child uh, was a daughter, Rhaenyra, from his first marriage whom Viserys named as his heir. Okay, so so he's got an eldest daughter. He, he does have um, male children, but because his eldest child is a woman, he decides that she will be the heir. And this is the first female hmm. 
uh, queen. Yeah, this is the first female to be named as the heir to the throne. Cool. This leads to civil war. Yeah, people are pissed <laughs> amongst Targaryens, yeah. um, which this the civil war is known as the dan- dance of the dragons. Yeah, because yeah, yep, because you got you got, you got a civil war uh, amongst Targaryens, mm-hmm. and there's dragons on both sides. Also, I just want to talk real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said he he, he George R. R. Martin has so many more names than I do by this point in the story. They're all different versions of the same name. It, They're all this, basically Rhaegar, Viserion, uh, and... Uh, Viserion. Uh, that's the name of the dragon. Valyrian. No, no, no. That's what. That's the Vagar. older dragon. I'm talking about the three new dragons in the three series. Three new dragons? The, oh, three se- oh, oh, the dragons okay. in the series, they all have the same... The, those three <laughs> names are the same names throughout the entire lineage of the Targaryens. Wait, what are the, what are the names of the three dragons in the series? Uh... Rhaegar, Viserion, and uh, I always forget the third one. Um, Mad, <laughs> Mad Dog, Mad Dog. <laughs> uh, I always, for, I always forget. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, uh, yeah, you owe me, you owe me. A I owe you a dragon. Third name. name. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you were good at names, you would just come up with one that sounded legit. I did, Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, so this is the situation. You got the civil war because of um, the first female named heir. Um, and Viserys, when he dies, there's two factions of people in, in the Targaryen world. There's... Drogon. That's the name of the third dragon. Is that really, Drogon, is that yeah. really what it is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and if... Because I don't have a way to fact check you at this moment, but... Um, trust me. Yeah, I do. And, and so if you're lying to me and I believe you, good for you. Um, okay, so so back to the civil war here. Viserys is the is the father mm-hmm. of the of the yep. female heir. He dies, mm-hmm. and uh, at the time of his death, there's two factions in the Targaryen world. There's the people who believe that uh, Rhaenyra should be the first Targaryen, Targaryen queen, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's people who believe that um, this other guy, Aegon the Second. Um, should be the true heir mm-hmm. because he's a guy. Um, and, and also, Aegon II comes from um, Viserys' uh, second marriage. So it's also like, okay, there's two, there's two families going on. It's, it's, not, it's not just that uh, there's like a sister and a younger brother. It's like the, the two eldest from two different couplings. Yeah, That's, the lineage starts to get murky. Exactly. Aegon II was the eldest male heir. Um, so he's the opposition to the half-sister Rhaenyra. This civil war breaks out, and Aegon just immediately calls himself king. And uh, he, he is accepted as king for the duration of the dance of the dragons. And by the end of the war, both Aegon and Rhaenyra are dead. And the successor to take over the throne is Rhaenyra's son. So Rhaenyra's bloodline wins out after all, and her son's name is... Aegon the Third, Aegon, Dragonbane. Me or oh man, Martin. I don't know. Me or Martin? Oh, it could be you or Martin. You gotta, you gotta say a definitive answer. I'm gonna say it's you. It's Martin. Damn it. Okay, Aegon took the throne as an 11 year old boy. During his reign, in the wake of this civil war, dragons become extinct. They just kind of like canceled each other out in this war. Oh, okay. Bummer, right? Yeah. But there's no eggs anywhere. 
There are eggs, um, but but they haven't hatched or exactly. Like they, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So so by the and and Aegon, uh, so we're now at um, Aegon starting at one thirty one AC mm-hmm. uh, and going to one fifty seven AC. Aegon the third. Aegon the third. Mm-hmm. Yep, the dragon bane, and um, so yeah, at some point during his reign, the last dragon dies, and you still got eggs, but uh, yeah, they're not hatching. After Aegon the third, uh, you have Daron, young dragon. Young Dragon, I think I think that's you. It it, it makes me think too no, much that, of that like, one's that one's George R. R. Seriously, R. R. yeah. It's like okay, <laughs> call him Young Blood and just be done with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he is like a rapper. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Daron the Young Dragon makes a beeline for Dorne. Okay, he spent two years <laughs> conquering Dorne. Just give he, it up already. No way. He, just give it up. What is he? I, I wish I, I wish I numbered. Leave better. us alone. But he's like he's like the seventh or eighth king, and he's like he's like oh man, I can't wait for my chance. Because like no, one thing that no one's been able to do is conquer Dorne. As soon as I get my chance, that's where I'm going. So he goes there. But dude, it's been uh, it's been a hundred years, over a hundred years. Oh no no no! I I just said. Uh, oh wait, yes yes, that is correct. Yeah, it's been it's been over a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, it's been hundred. Just leave him alone. <laughs> no way, man. Daron is, makes a beeline for Dorne. He spends two years conquering Dorne and two years dealing with Dornish rebellion, which includes his assassination. It was the death of him. Oh, my God. Yeah, so yeah. He, gets, he gets four years, and he's just dealing with Dorne, and he eventually gets killed by it. So, I'm starting so. to think I've really made the right choice cashing in my chips for Dorne. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, after the young dragon, we have Baylor the Blessed, uh, who's going to rule from 161 AC to 171. Mm-hmm. Baylor the Blessed makes peace in the realm, uh, but he would not have sex with his sister. So his cousin did. Also... Baylor creates this thing called the Maiden Vault. <laughs> Baylor the Blessed is, is a quirky dude, man. So before I get to what the Wait, he's not that creepy. He wouldn't he wouldn't bang his sister. Mm, he creates this thing called the Maiden Vault, and this is basically like uh, living quarters where he locks up all of his uh, beautiful sisters and and some of the like uh, virgin beauties in the uh, uh, in the court. Um, and no one's allowed to touch him. So he makes this kind of like, um, like taboo. If I don't want to bang my sisters, then nobody, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. bangs my sisters. Yeah. So it's, 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 it, it is weird. It's got this kind of like, uh, suppressed thing going on. Mm. Um, but so after his wife has a kid that definitely wasn't his cause he wasn't have, having sex with his sister. Right. Um, his cousin, his cousin did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so after, after the birth of this kid, um, he fasts for 41 days and dies. This guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, he ruled for 10 years. He brought together, he made peace in the realm. He takes a walk barefooted down to, um, I don't know if ba- I might be adding in barefooted, but he takes, he walks from all the way down to Dorne to like make an apology to the Dornish people for his predecessor um, causing havoc down there. Wow. And, and and you know that's a, that's a cool gesture. I and guess. he walks back. They're but like, then he just like didn't, like, do you he want- didn't eat for forty <laughs> days and died. That's For forty one days. He, okay, whatever. Forty. I think you know forty days would have been like that's enough, man. That's a round number. But he went for one more and he died. Uh, I will also say that that uh, it seems like no, like all. Correct me if I'm wrong. All of these kings uh, died, right? Like there's no retirement for a king. There's not. There's, uh, correct. They yeah. are they are king until they die. Okay. Is that a thing is that like a is that how it, that normally i think so i the term regent comes up if somebody's kind of ruling um in 
in on behalf of like an incapacitated king if they're like uh, you know bedridden or something like that then you have like the king regent or the queen regent or the whatever that that's the term for like kind of a surrogate ruler which is funny cuz it's really not funny at all it's hilarious no it's it's not funny at all but regent uh has latin roots meaning king <sighs> Dude, that's that's really funny. No, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's also so like you know when when you have like a like a baby king like mm-hmm. Ronald or um, whoever it was Aegon the Third when they're too young they have they have regents too. Yeah. So um, okay, so after Baylor the Blessed uh, starves himself to death, you have Viserys the Second or Viserys the Brief. Okay. I think me, I think me or Martin. I think that's Martin. It's me. Damn it, <laughs> Viserys the Brief. Okay, so uh, one seventy one AC to one seventy two AC, Viserys ruled for a little over a year, and some gossip circles say Viserys uh, poisoned the previous king Baylor. Other people say Viserys was poisoned by the next king Aegon, the fourth, Aegon the fourth, Aegon. The unworthy. This guy probably poisoned both kings, Baylor and Viserys. Baylor wouldn't have sex with his sister, and Aegon is the cousin who would and did. Aegon slept with a lot of people's wives and had millions of bastards. <laughs> millions. It's, an, it's an exaggeration. No, mi- millions. Millions. Uh, he had only two legitimate kids and only one legitimate son. His son was heir to the throne, of course, but on his deathbed, um, in one last dick move, Aegon the Unworthy proclaimed all of his bastards to be legitimized. And so the throne would be challenged by bastards for the next five generations to come. Holy shit. What a dick move right at the end there. Yeah, absolutely. So, Oh, you think this is going to be easy? (laughs) Come over here. I'm dying. Come over (laughs) here. I got to tell you something. Um, It's going to be you... And 10,000 other people <laughs> fighting for this throne. Get ready. No, why do you have to do this? To just die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, already this guy, this guy has such a, like a shitty legacy, like from, from the word go. I, I, there, there's a really, there's a great uh, amount of detail around like his uh, life and um, reign uh, of all the reasons why he's, and ends up with the name The Unworthy. But yeah, like just in, I, I can't believe that, that, like, the I don't know if it's negligence or if it is just, like, if he's dying and wants to be disruptive or, I don't know, see his, like, his his seed uh, become legitimized so that, like, he, he just has that many more kids out there in the world um, that are known. But Either yeah. way, he's not going to be around to see any ramifications, so the fact that he's even doing it makes him a giant dick. Yeah, for five generations yeah. to come. He, he, he ruined just the chaos. kingdom for... 12 years <laughs> as as a ruling king and then decided, you know what? Why don't I see how far out I can get things to be shitty past my death? That's one way to get people to remember you. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, there's a problem with bastards. And we saw how upset uh, Argilac got by, you know, the suggestion that his daughter would be married by, um, a, by a bastard. Yeah. We also saw how much upset there can be when you have two factions of the realm mm-hmm. that believe in opposing claims to the to the throne. Yeah. We saw that with uh, uh, you know the eldest daughter and the eldest son from the previous marriage going to civil war. So yeah. it's a big problem. Um, 
but we'll put a pin in it for right this second. Uh, Daron the second, Daron the good. Mm-hmm. Daron was the one legitimate son of uh, Aegon the fourth, and although some people said that Daron might have actually been a bastard himself, uh, and that his uncle actually was his dad, so that Aegon's brother might have actually been the father of Daron. So this is even this is even more of a problem because there's, there's this rumor that um, Daron's uncle is his dad. How do, I follow. How did? <laughs> does my face look really? <laughs> yeah, you you've looked in every direction except for at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try to do too much too much uh, incest math right now, but I don't <laughs> I don't understand how a uncle can be a dad. So, so supposedly oh, wait, no, Daron is Aegon's son. Yeah, and Daron has an uncle. Yeah, so people think that Aegon's brother, mm-hmm. Daron's uncle, mm-hmm. slept with Aegon's wife and had Daron. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. What? Here's the problem. <laughs> the problem is that Aegon the Unworthy already, you know, proclaims all of these bastards to be legitimized yeah and some of them are, are uh you know older or old enough to be legitimate mm-hmm. um uh or ready to rule mm-hmm. if they were the heir mm-hmm. then you have this rumor surrounding Aegon's only legitimate son that he that that legitimate son might not be legitimate yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty legacy that Aegon the unworthy leaves behind yeah um and and, and to be fair the rumor it's not really Aegon's fault. Aegon, Aegon was sleeping with everybody, so like, why wouldn't he be also sleeping with his wife and have a kid? People just thought that that uh, Aegon's wife was really close with Aegon's brother, um, and so people speculated uh, and just kind of stirred up some dark rumors. Okay. But it doesn't it doesn't help the fact that that Aegon leaves behind a, a legacy that's going to be like challenged and, and murky murky yeah. for for the realm. indecipherable. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, uncle, Uncle Dad. <laughs> yeah, Uncle uh, Uncle Dad. Uncle Dad. Um, all right, so yeah, this drama. Drama aside, Daron was the one who finally brought Dorne into the Seven Kingdoms, not by war, but by a marriage union. And a lot of people in Westeros were jealous that Dorne was the only region not to get conquered by violence, and so tensions never really went away. Okay, man, sp- people people get hung up on the weirdest shit. Yeah, well, there's a lot of special treatment. So 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 yeah. you know. Aegon comes in and, and conquers everybody. There's there's these heavy losses from like you know whole family lines and bloodlines um, in in the conquering, and then Dorne gets to kind of like skate by, not even engaging in battle for so long, and then and then finally when they do get kind of indoctrinated in, into the rest of the realm, they do so peacefully, mm-hmm. and by by marrying into the. Uh, the king, the kingdom line. Yeah. No, I get why they're frustrated. I feel like part of it has to do with uh, with the fact that uh, they were just jealous of how smart Dorn played it. True. They were just like yeah, untouchable yeah, yeah. for like two hundred years, and then they were like, "Well, we'll just be a- equals now because we're marrying into the into the king." Yep. Dumb. Into the kingdom. <laughs> into the king. Dumb. Um, all right, so yeah, people are people are even more pissed at Dorne. The, the, the thing is, again, George R. R. Martin does this really beautiful job of painting us a picture of a world that has these this deep history where the by the time that we get to enjoy the main story, you know, there there's such there's so many reasons for the um, 
the different families to to be at odds with each other. And if you go digging into it, you can really just see like, wow, yeah, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, that like, you know, the Viper has beef against uh, the mountain. against well the mountain, but also like. Um, the, the, well, the, the, yeah, you have the Baratheons and the Targaryens who apparently were like buds. So like, you know, there's not only the contention between Dorne and like the people who sit in the Iron Throne, um, but also, you know, the, there's the Dornish, um, game hen. (laughs) There's the Dornish, the, the deep rooted Dornish, um, feistiness. Yeah. Um, and so listen, dude, I get it, but I just want you to understand that I don't have a main story. I'm looking forward to, to, to you getting to that main story and I don't want you to sell yourself short because I know it's going to be great and we're all really looking forward to it. So <laughs> I, I, I won't, I won't try to hype it up anymore or draw too much attention to it. Cause I know that you are really looking to surprise us big. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, after day on the good, we have Aries, the book. Okay, I think that's you. That's me. Uh, Ares, really the only thing uh, that I could find on Ares was that he was an avid reader. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and he appointed his uncle, Brynden Rivers, as Hand of the King. Brynden was one of the the many bastards of Aegon the Unworthy. Uh, Brynden Rivers, also known as Bloodraven. Okay. Bloodraven. Bloodraven. Brynden Rivers, also known as Bloodraven. Nothing? Is that is that supposed to mean something? <laughs> no, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll see you in April. Okay. <laughs> then after after uh, Ares the book, we have uh, Makar the Anvil. He was a good guy, a good warrior, a good king. I think the Anvil is George R. R. Martin. Oh, true. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Aegon the Egg. I think that's you. That's George R. R. Martin. Damn it! <laughs> this man follows no logic. Well, so so at this point, this Aegon is the fifth Aegon, right? And and as a little boy, uh, Aegon gets the nickname of Egg. Um, so Aegon the Egg kind yeah. of sticks with him. Um, and we're getting uh, kind of close to the to the end of the line here, but um, uh, big big event here. Aegon the Egg blows himself up trying to hatch dragon eggs with wildfire. <laughs> oh, that's that's irony. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it, there's a lot of layers here cuz he he's he's the egg. He tries to hatch eggs, blows up. Um, you know. And and he try, you know, he's trying to bring back dragons which would be great in and I guess a lot of ways, but uh he, just the fact that he, you know, self-destructs while doing it is hilarious. All right. So, uh after Aegon the egg, we have Jaehaerys the 2nd. Or, okay, or that's a new name. Jaehaerys, he's the second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess I, I missed the first, uh, Jaehaerys the first. Jaehaerys the first was the conciliator, the, the guy that, that brought together oh, the, that's right, the realm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The guy that ruled for like 55 years? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. So Jaehaerys the second uh, is known as Jaehaerys the Capable. I think that's you. It's me. <laughs> Only ruled for three years, but I guess he did a surprisingly good job because honestly, I, I could only like not only find, but in every um, article that I found that that summarized uh, Jaehaerys, it, it used the word capable. He was a capable king. He did a capable job. People didn't know what to expect from him, but he turned out to do capable things. <laughs> so I guess I guess people had pretty low expectations. Yeah. Um, 
this is also the king that puts an end to the Blackfire Rebellion, which is um, the bastard rebels. There, there's a whole faction. Oh, that's of, still going on. Yeah. Yeah. I the, guess it was five generations. Yeah, and you know how? So yeah, the, the, eventually the um, the bastards take on the family name of the Blackfire, um, and and so it's the Blackfire Rebellions. But the, uh, Jaharis puts a, a stop to it. So it's two hundred and fifty nine AC to two sixty two AC that Jaharis rules. So so it, it's been a long time of yeah. bastard rebellions yeah. since um, uh, Aegon the Un- Unworthy. Um, okay, and then we have Ares the Second. Jaharis dies of a sudden illness. The heir to the throne was his son, who would be the 17th Targaryen king, mm-hmm. a king whose reign would be the beginning of the end of the Targaryen dynasty. King Ares II, the Mad King. Oh, yeah. And that is our cliffhanger. So our next episode will deal with the Mad King. We'll, we'll delve into his madness mm-hmm. and also the uh, rebellion that ensues uh, afterward, um, which I'm very much looking forward to, uh, and that'll bring us to the beginning uh, events that lead to the start of Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. A well, dynasty. Yes. George R.R. Uh, R. Martin yep. mm-hmm. went went through the trouble of... Mm-hmm. He went through the trouble of putting creating all these different families, all these different territories to boil it down to the just one. Yeah, well, we well we focused on the Targaryens, um, but seventeen kings. I mean, he he went through and, and and gave events and characteristics to these different kings. Um, it, what <laughs> you scoffing at the word different because they all have similar names? Yeah, <laughs> but I guess you know we had like sixteen Henrys in the UK, yeah. so whatever. True, a- and Aegon uh, Aegon the Unworthy, very different than Aegon the Conqueror. Very different than, you know, Aegon the Fifth, who blew himself up <laughs> trying to open up a dragon egg. Aegon the Egg. Yeah. Aegon Egg. Uh, yeah. What's, what, what, I'm trying to think of a portmanteau for um, kamikaze and egg, but it just doesn't go together well. <laughs> no. Kama <laughs> <laughs> <Come>, eggsy. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So yeah. um, are you impressed? Yeah. I like it. I guess... It's okay. It's okay. No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a I dynasty. Just, yeah, yeah. No, I it, mean this sounds like the summation of an uh, an award winning series. This sounds like a blockbuster hit in itself. I, this is just a summary of stuff that it, we're, this is only three quarters of the way through the condensed timeline that leads up to the most popular, famous storylines that we actually get to see and enjoy. Yeah, I I, I get it. I get it. This but is it, but the, he, but he basically gems. just read he just read a history book and changed names and <laughs> added dragons. I mean, that's all he did. It, it's a good strategy. And you know what? As a, as a training wheels, I suggest that maybe you try something similar. Maybe I will that, never maybe read that a will help book. you. <laughs> well, then you know, just go read like Alice in Wonderland and, and change the uh, the names and events in in that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's a compromise. It's a compromise. No, I, I, I it is, it is. Uh, uh, I, I think, I, I think I'm enjoying you telling me the story more than I'm enjoying the story. How so? <laughs> uh, because you, you just have a, a certain way of, of putting it together uh, and making it flow. Um, that I think that George R. R. Martin uh, 
just got too stuck in the weeds, man. He you just, think George R. R. Martin is the one who got too stuck wrapped up in the details? Yeah, I think he he got way <laughs> too wrapped up in the in the details. We didn't need seventeen kings. This is retroactive, man. He he started writing these books and then he went back and was like, "Let me flesh this out." Yeah, well, it's more impressive that I'm doing it proactively. <laughs> getting getting the the rich history out of the way first. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing uh the I'm doing the summary before I know what I'm summarizing and what it leads to. That's that is that is talent right there. You're filibustering a narrative. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it whatever you want, man. It's impressive is what it is. I think that should be I, I mean I like that as an idea of trying to make our way through a, a narrative is is like you're kind of already improvising the story that you're writing, but if if we sat down and we we're like, we're gonna do this in a 24 hour chunk, <laughs> you gotta keep talking, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna live stream it. Yeah, <laughs> and the only rule is that you're not allowed to backtrack. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> no recontextualizing. You gotta keep pushing forward with the narrative. We would need a, a, to bring in a court stenographer to keep track of everything. I'm willing to invest. Okay. I mean, how much do you think a stenographer? Twenty bucks. Do you th- 20 bucks for an hour? No, for the person. For a day. <laughs> for 24 hours. Yeah. You don't think it's any extra to keep that person up for a 24-hour stretch? Are you talking about like food? <laughs> or shelter? No, I didn't even think of... Well, well shelter, we'll have an, uh, a venue to just do the, the speaking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess we'll have to feed them too. Yeah. Wait, 10 bucks. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, I, I just didn't want to see that 10 go down to 5 or, or God forbid, a 0. All right, man. I, I hope this inspires you and kind of gives you... And I, and I really hate to keep driving the point home here, Mike, but we started a couple episodes uh, ago with the introduction of the pre-dawn, uh-huh. um, which was basically just a lay of the land. Yeah. And then we had the Dawn Age, mm-hmm. which gave us our uh, legendary figures... Um, and, and then we had the Age of Heroes, mm-hmm. um, which started to get more about, uh, you know, people that we could relate to and recognize. Mm-hmm. We moved on and we got the backstory of an entire race of people, um, a freehold uh-huh. in the Valyrians yeah. and an invasion of the Andals who gave shape to the regions and the religion and the belief systems of a people that we can start to recognize mm-hmm. as matching elements of our own society. And now we've, Some say we've, matching, we've, I say copy, we've taken yeah. a look at this one family mm-hmm. and really gotten to know the lineage of the generations upon generations. There's been wars. And it just the thing is that I'm trying to say here is that it keeps getting more specific. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to your episode. Yeah, I'm not. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm, the only thing I'm going to say about my episode uh, is as if, a if it gets more broad, I'm going to kill you. Well, I guess I just have to find out. Um, what? What? what I, it's you're you're going to find that this what we've discussed in this past hour and a half or so um, is very very surprisingly uh, uh, related to what my next episode is going to be. Um, and I'm going to let you decide if that's if that's accidental or not. Strategy pivot. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's more broad. I'm uh, going to kill yeah, you. Yeah, if you're like, I, 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 I had a suspicion when you <laughs> said that, that you were going to be like, so what I've done is I've started from scratch. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm not gonna, oh I, brother, I'm not don't know. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. All right. Well, we'll look forward to whatever that means um, it, when we when we trade uh, positions here with Mike on uh, the offensive. So, oh. yep, we'll see you guys then. Uh, yeah, we'll see you then.